Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcasts. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. I'm Missy Stevens. I'm a mom and dot 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 fiction writer, foster child advocate, and this week, kitchen designer with my husband. So check back in a year and see how that goes. (laughs) In maybe two years. And and I'm Suzanne Kearns. I'm a mom and dot 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 humor writer, LGBTQ ally. And this weekend, I am 35% 35% cheese. Part of that is due to Missy, <laughs> our first official meetup. Today, we are thrilled to have Kristen Van Ogtrop on the show. Kristen is a literary agent at Inkwell Management. In her previous life, she wrote a column called The Amateur for Time and was the editor-in-chief of Real Simple, was named by Fortune as one of the 55 most influential women on Twitter, a designation she now finds absurd. She was a contributor to the New York Times bestseller, The Bitch in the House, and the author of Just Let Me Lie Down, Necessary Terms for the Half-Insane Working Mom. Oh, you've got it there. Yes. <laughs> for our one YouTube viewer. There we go. <laughs> Her latest book, Did I Say That Out Loud? Midlife Indignities and How to Survive Them is out. As of when this airs, it will be out from Little yes. Brown Spark. And if I give you a Mother's Day gift this year, it will be this book. Nice. Uh, Absolutely. Kristen lives in Westchester County, New York with her husband, two dogs, and any number of children, depending on the day. Welcome. Welcome, Kristen. Guys, thank you, Missy. And thank you for that Mother's Day idea. Oh, Um, yes. Anyway, it's great to be here. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry in advance that you're trying to design a kitchen with your husband, which sounds horrendous. But (laughs) although I don't, I don't know your husband. So maybe it's fantastic. Well, he's a major do-it-yourselfer and he's fully oh. capable of everything that we need to get done, but he also has a full-time job. And oh, so gosh. it's yeah. going to be tricky. And hire, also it out. hire it out. I want to hire it out so badly. Mm-hmm. We're going around and around in circles and we can't get appliances right now. And we, I guess there's a huge backlog on appliances due to COVID. Well, they're all in the canal still trying to get out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah and they're all this way in Suez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh so we can't get that. So it might we might just be on hold forever. I don't know. Oh gosh. I'm sorry. Yes. You so, might be cranky for months and months. You, just, <laughs> you should wear a sign. I yes. know. Are we gonna have to take a hiatus if you're like all being fussy? <laughs> like, I might just have to come to your house to do all recordings. It's it yes. might be noisy here. I don't know. I've got a lot of stuff in the closet today. <laughs> Me too. We won't even go there. But yeah, so Kristen, I know you've got the new book coming out and you have a new role, new, well, not new, you've been in your new career for a few years now, but, but, but now Missy and I just cannot let this opportunity pass us by. I don't know if we need to bow or like (laughs) polite applause for your role as the editor of Real Simple Magazine. I think, I mean, it's still like the magazine, but your tenure just had a special touch on the magazine and brought it to a place in our lives that was, I gotta say special. I mean, there was a, there was an issue in there. It was a month of recipes that like brought me back from a dark place when my son was born. <laughs> I mean, I really thought like, we're never gonna have a meal again. I'm never gonna eat again. And, and I was like, if I can just do this, I'll do it one day at a time. And it, yeah. 
and it really brought, and I know Missy feels the same way. And I know I don't want to be like bringing you back. I know it's just, you know, something on your resume back there now, but we're going to bring it back up just for a polite round of applause for the amazing oh, work you. you did with the magazine. Oh, you know what? It was a really great job, which as you know, I write about a little bit in the book. And mm-hmm. I think part of what was so great about it was the enthusiasm of the readers, mm-hmm. you know, like all that stuff you just said, you know, just to feel like, I mean, I worked, I've worked for, in my magazine career, I worked for a number of different kinds of magazines And one thing that was extremely satisfying about Real Simple was I really felt like I was helping, we, the whole editorial team, were helping women like me and like you guys, Mm -hmm. just making your daily lives a little bit calmer. Like that's kind of all it was, right? Just really basic stuff to help every day be a little bit better. And, and, And the readers felt it. And it was really super satisfying to do that. I felt like you set the tone every month with your letter and I read your letter without fail. And it just, it made me think I can do this, whatever it is, I can do it. And even if I read an article where I was like, yeah, I'm never going to be that organized or I'm never going to make that dish or whatever it is, or repurpose that item, (laughs) I still felt like I could tackle my life. Okay. So you know what I'm going to say? So there were sort of two buckets of readers who read the magazine and it's probably still true. I, those for whom it was affirming, like the heavy label maker users, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then those for whom it was aspirational. And I definitely, yeah, me too. Like I was totally on the aspirational side. And I remember my sister, Valerie, who's my, I'm, I'm the oldest, she's the middle. She's, she's like super label maker expert level person. And someone said to her, oh, your sister's the editor of Real Simple. She must be so organized. And Valerie was like, ha. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I should be the editor of Real Simple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she would fall into the affirming mm-hmm. camp. And for me, like you and many women, it was like, you know, I could do this. I could do this. I'm not doing it, but I could do it. And so I, could, I think yes. maybe that's why my editor's letters were relatable to people because I was like a mess like they were, you know, and it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. And if you could be the editor of the magazine, then surely we could read the magazine and take something (laughs) from that. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Well, so yeah, again, we just wanted to say our thanks for the part you played in that in our lives, even though you didn't know that you were, (laughs) that you were part of our day-to-day lives. Thank you for reading. Thank you for reading. And now, okay. So when I met you at the Writers League of Texas Agents and Editors Conference, you were on a panel with our friend, Wendy Aarons. And the thing that really struck me, I mean, you got this great resume and bio and all this stuff. But I was like, she has had the courage to go through this big career change midlife. And that is like our passion. That's what this entire podcast is about. That's just Mm -hmm. um, my very first blog I started was called the dusty parachute. It was this idea of like, trying to get back to work and what color is your parachute? I don't know. It's, it's covered Dusty. in dust. Yeah. Do I have a parachute? Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. It's got a hole in it. It's, I lent it out to someone. So, I mean, that's a, that's a big career change. That's more than a pivot. We talk about pivots a lot, but that's, that's a leap. That's a leap. So you yeah. know, what, what was it that helped you make that decision? How you handled the transition, you know, and how, 
how now that you're through it, are you feeling about it? You know, with 2020 hindsight. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's a huge question. I know. Do, do you have to like next an hour Thursday? and a half to answer that question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, okay. I, you know, I was in a career that I loved, 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 loved in a great job that then turned awful for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, not like working in the salt mines awful, but just, you know, I just became frustrated and angry and unhappy, mostly yeah. having to do with the decline of the magazine industry, of the print mm-hmm. magazine industry and print right. revenue. And I was firing people all the time and it really, I hated it. It's horrible. It. Yeah. So, um, and I'd been doing it for a long time. And so I was 52, I guess, at that time. And it wasn't like, you know, there's that famous Hemingway quote about going bankrupt where it happened, you know, it happened slowly and then all at once. Yes. Sort of like my leaving my job. I was, I would say over the period of a few years, I was growing increasingly unhappy Mm -hmm. and kind of just sort of not fun to be around if you were related to me or lived with me (laughs) or even worked for me sometimes probably. And, and then I thought, okay, maybe I should just quit. And, and I played out the worst case scenarios of quitting. Just sort of like when I took the job at Real Simple, I played out when I was debating whether or not to take the job. I'd never, I'd never aspired to be an editor in chief and I was offered the job and I thought, okay, three things could happen here. I could suck at it and get fired. I could hate it and quit mm-hmm. or I could like it and do well. And like, I was comfortable with all of those three scenarios. Mm-hmm. Like and that. it's sort of the same happened with thinking about leaving my job. I thought, okay, worst case scenario, I never get another job. We have to change our lifestyle a lot because mm-hmm. I'll have no income. And, and am I comfortable with that? And, you know, I, at the end of the day, I guess I was, but you know, like I talked to my husband a lot about it, poor guy. I, we talked to our financial advisor. I talked to my lawyer. Like I didn't just like mm-hmm. walk in one day and quit. I'm yeah. out of here. Yeah. I, I sort of planned it out ish. <laughs> and okay. So that's was part one of your question. And now I can't remember the rest of your question. And what happened? <laughs> so how long, how long were you then in between jobs? So, okay. So here's part two. So part two was Kristen in between jobs. So I was in between jobs for two years. And, you know, when you are, and I know that, that you have a lot of listeners who are stay-at-home moms, either maybe temporarily mm-hmm. or f- have been for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I, I was never a stay-at-home mom and I was raised by a stay-at-home mom and I had a really happy childhood. And I think when you're a person who was raised by a stay-at-home mom and you had a really happy childhood, and then you become a working mom, there's always this thing that lives in the back of your head which is the question, would everybody be better off? Me, the kids, the spouse, you know, everybody, if I didn't work, like, did I do the wrong thing for 25 years? basically? (laughs) Um, And you know what? I think that's so funny because I had the working mom, single working mom, and then I became the stay at home mom. And I always loved having a working mom. I was so proud of that. She was one of the few moms in our neighborhood Mm -hmm. who was working. And I, you know, I just thought that was really inspiring. And as being a single working mom, I had it in my head that you in no point in your life can be dependent on someone else for Mm, your income. Interesting. Like you just never know. And I mean, we've seen that now, Missy, with 
you know, friends whose spouses are dying or, you know, that's not suddenly or through a long, a long period Um, or unexpected divorces, unexpected divorces. And you, I, so that was the scariest part for me. And quite frankly, my kids keep on asking me, when are you, when are you going to leave us alone? They love, (laughs) they love going to their friend's house. Well, not anymore, but uh, with, you know, the nannies and stuff. And they're Mm -hmm. like, why are you here? Like, can't we just have a nanny? (laughs) They're more fun. (laughs) So, and I do think there's that the flip side of that too, then after you make the choice to be a stay-at-home mom, which I, I worked and then I decided to work from home and at times not take clients and just be home. I just this weekend had the conversation with my husband that I still, this is what I'm doing now, this podcast about finding the next thing and whatever you're doing right now is okay. And you have this time to find it out. I still this weekend had a conversation about my guilt over decisions. Did I make the right decision to be home all those years that I was home, not taking clients? I think it's no matter what you're doing, you think, did I do the wrong thing for 15 or 20 years? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or 25. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, gosh, I have so many thoughts about that. I mean, first of all, I don't really know what my kids thought about me working all the time. It just was, right? But I do remember this one time there was when my kids were really little, sorry, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I'll never forget this mothering moment where I read somewhere in some article about, you know, to get your kids who are younger interested in what you do all day long, just bring home some stories that are like dramatic or that they can relate to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I made the tragic error of if I ever had to do something dramatic, including fire people, I would talk about it at home. Yeah. And so my son, my middle son, who's now 22, when he was in like, I don't know, he must've been in like first grade. I went to something at his school and the teacher said, well, what does your mom do? And he goes, she fires people. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, uh, <laughs> what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's what I did for 25 years. I fired people. Um, but oh, so, no. so it, but I read Suzanne, going back to what you're saying and Missy too, like I remember reading early in my life as a working mom. So when my kids were really little, some article somewhere that talked about, it's not so much like whether your kids turn out like, okay, right. Whatever. Okay. means. <laughs> whatever that it's is. Not, yeah. It's not whether mom works and mom doesn't work. It's whether mom's happy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I was happy. And I like to think on good days that the, you know, the environment of the family was improved by that. Um, Absolutely. But anyway, so I, I, you know, I'd never been a a stay-at-home mom and I had the flip side of what you guys talked about. Like, I always wondered, is that really what my destiny should have been all along? Mm -hmm. Um, And so there were a couple of things that I thought maybe the true Kristen was, maybe the true Kristen was a stay-at-home mom. Maybe the true Kristen worked for a nonprofit. Maybe the true Kristen was a novelist. And so over the course of those three years, two years rather, I took two years off, I tried those three things yeah. and wasn't super good at any of them. <laughs> so, um, so, but it was good to have tried, right? Like it, it, I, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a terrible stay-at-home mom, but it wasn't whatever that means, right? I wasn't a monstery person, <laughs> but I don't think I was that happy. Right. Yeah. I was happy at the beginning. I felt really liberated and free. And that lasted oh, yeah. probably 
close to a year, that feeling. Mm-hmm. And then, so my agent is a man named Richard Pine, my own literary agent, who was my agent for my first book, remained my agent. And when I left Real That's Simple, great. he said, you either need to write another book or you need to come mm-hmm. work at Inkwell Management as an agent. Mm-hmm. And I sort of stored that, stored, i.e. forgot that he said that. <laughs> and then after like a year and a half passed, when I began to realize, and I, and I do write about this in the book, like I really missed going to an office. Yeah, mm-hmm. You know, I've got this friend, Allison, and I think about this all the time. She has always been a stay-at-home mom. Her kids are now grown. And she loves being at home in her house and by herself. Like yeah. that is really satisfying. That, that makes her feel good. It's fulfilling. And I realized I don't like being at home by myself in my house mm. um, for long periods of time. If that's like my life, you know? Right. Well, and welcome so, to the pandemic. <laughs> but I'm living with like a hundred people right now. So I'm that's not by true. myself. You're not alone. You're not alone. You know, my son would go off to school and I'd look at the dog and I'd be like, okay, now what? Like, now what do we do? Now what do we do? Oh my God. I love that part of the book where you expected the dogs to finally talk back. That's, that's we used right. to have a fish that I talked to when the kids were really little and Mark was traveling more and we did not have a dog at the time. And we just had this fish. And I spent all day narrating my entire life to this fish. And it, that drove me to like take on some clients and go back to work because I thought I talked to Dory all day long. Dory. Like this was Dory, so Dory. Dory was forgetting what you were saying every day. Absolutely. Dory had no idea what I was talking about. And yeah, this dumb beta fish who, you know. It's interesting that we all have we all have our own little signs that it's time when I decided I need to get a part-time consulting gig was when I started making fresh bread every day. Oh, I was doing every too. day. <laughs> oh, that yes. sounds kind of great. It was, but then I was like, this is, this is not kind of, again, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I need to keep my skills fresh. So if Chris gets hit by a bus today, I can go yep. back to work. And I'm like, I don't want to be a baker. Like I need to, <laughs> I need to put some, I always strategically wanted to have something on my resume every couple of years, even if I only did that yeah. thing for like a six month consulting gig yep. or whatever. It's like, I want that year to have something that I can put on the resume at least. So yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Um, what we kind of finally decide, okay, yeah, we need to get back to being a productive member of society now. Yeah. <laughs> and for some people that never happens. Yeah, oh. that's true. That's true. And you know what? Some people spent... never get that feeling. Yeah, the, what, where we are moving with the podcast is actually to start interviewing. Uh, we've been gathering the first couple of months, a lot of questions from our listeners about, you know, being in this position, because Missy and I have, you know, our two points of view, but there's so many different points of view. So we're going to be bringing on career coaches to answer a lot of those questions. But the first couple of months we spent on these identity things, like going through the Enneagram and like oh, the yeah. Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. test and Strengths Finders test and just, and learning to... I mean, respect others that they're different than the way that we process things and the way that we see the world, but just respecting ourselves that no, it's okay. If I am the person who's loves staying home, even, you know, when there's just a fish to talk to, or it's okay (laughs) that I can only be home to, you know, brush my teeth in the morning, then I got to get out of there (laughs) (laughs) or I get stir crazy. So yeah, I mean, everything's, everything's valid and every, you know, everybody has the right to feel the way they feel about how they approach their career, their life, their kids. Well, and I think that maybe one benefit of 
changing careers when you're 50, as opposed to like 25 or 30, mm-hmm. is that, you know, people are probably judging you and like, you, who cares? You don't care anymore. Right. Yes. You know, like that's your problem. If you don't think I'm making the right choice or like it, it, it there's something about, about reaching this time of life. Mm-hmm where I feel like you have the freedom to make big changes because you don't, you don't give a damn if other people think you're being an idiot. I, yes. I think. Yeah. Yes. I think learning to let go of that and learning that we spend a lot of time when we're young, feeling like we are responsible to people that we're not responsible to. And what, what are my parents going to think? What are my friends going to think? And we have no responsibility really. And as far as our career goes to those people, we're responsible only for ourselves and it takes a while to learn that. So it is freeing to have learned that and be able to go, nope, this is what I'm doing. And you can yeah. keep your opinions to yourself. Yeah. Or yeah. say them and I'm not going to listen. Or say them and I don't, and I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and actually I'm going to do a little plug for Nancy Davis Co. She was a guest a couple weeks ago, um, has the book, The Thank You Project, but she also has a podcast called The Midlife Mixtape. And it's all about mm-hmm. people who make these big career shifts in midlife. And that's oh. kind of like one of the main things that she has heard time after time after interviewing, she's almost to a hundred episodes. All these people is like, yeah, I mean, your midlife is the beautiful time to do this because mm-hmm. who cares? Like who cares? Right. I'm a grown up. I can make yeah. these decisions. You just don't have the same, I don't know, your self-esteem isn't based on what others people's opinion is of you anymore. So yeah, yeah. which is, I, which is really a great place to arrived yeah. at. But okay, so let's yeah. talk about this book. This book. It's so good. I mean, you took me on all the emotions. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Oh. <laughs> it's I mean it's well I guess so, that's good. <laughs> yes, it's so funny. But then it's so there's a, I don't want to give anything away. You gotta go buy the book and read it to get it. But there are some there's some deep there's some deepness as far as you know because we are the sandwich generation, you know, dealing with parents or just the stage of our life dealing with, you know, friends who are encountering illnesses and serious situations. I, I can't even without breaking into tears, talk about some dog situations that you encounter. Oh. <laughs> yeah. but we're going to talk about, well, the one thing I swear we could have a whole podcast, just talking about the midlife indignities that are related to health issues. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, Missy and I, it will be a sad reading- podcast. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and also hysterically funny some of it's really funny it's pretty much all of our wine nights is what it is (laughs) (laughs) both missy and i were like i think she's writing about me i think this might be like my secret biography that i kept taking notes and i think so many but yeah so missy i like what did we check off we that hashimoto's yeah both both have thyroid nodules i have my sister has thyroid nodules yeah yeah. yeah, I get so to go have- every year for the scan and the blood work. Oh yeah. Wait, yeah. Suzanne, do you have Hashimoto's? Yeah. I've oh, had it since do? college. Oh wow. So you probably take a lot of that synthroid. You know what? It's just well, I mean, that could be a whole episode too. I spent two <laughs> years pretty much in bed in college <gasps> with this oh, undiagnosed man. medical condition oh. that they were like, oh, it's chronic fatigue. It's da-da-da-da. But it's shocking what a little tiny what is it? It's not an organ. What is it? It's a gland. Is it a gland? It's a gland. Yeah. How much control it has over know, so crazy, many right? things in your life. And 
Yeah. And it was so funny because I remember when I was reading the baby books about, you know, if you're going to try to get pregnant, you know, now's a good time to think about stop taking heroin. Like, you know, they were just very casual <laughs> about like, you know, no more cocaine for you. But they're like, but if your thyroid's messed up, you better like get your <laughs> together. I was like, what? And I was scared to death because I'm at, I've been on thyroid medication since I was for 19 years, years yeah. old. So yeah. So yeah, so that one, I was like, oh, I get it. And then, oh my God, the gum, the gum procedure oh, about oh. when you brush your teeth too hard and you're like, you need a piece of a cadaver to fix oh, it. Oh. I mean, that's pretty horrifying. <laughs> that has not happened to me yet. Let oh. me just, let me be super clear. I did it. To you? <gasps> I did it, but it's oh. not a cadaver, you know, but here, I want to warn you. Um, they were like, oh, we don't need to do the cadaver. We can also just take, take a it. chunk. Uh-huh. Out of oh, so the roof, of, the your roof mouth. of your mouth. <gasps> yeah. And they're like, oh, and it'll just fill right in. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Oh, so <laughs> you have like a pothole? I got like, yeah, I got all that in there. Uh, <laughs> and then I got. Oh, uh, oh, you know what? Okay. Can I just say I'm in the midst of this root canal situation. I, I don't want to talk about teeth a lot because <laughs> I am, I'm on, if you knew how many antibiotics there are in my system right now? I'm on like oh, nuclear no. antibiotics. I can't drink, so I can't celebrate my book coming out by drinking, no. which sucks. I can't exercise because this one antibiotic, like I'm going to tear all the ligaments in my body. Oh, apparently. yes. I've, I've been on that been one. On That's that horrifying. One. <laughs> and you can't run for like a no. year after you stop. You be careful. Don't even stop. I'm not, you know, I'm not listening, not hearing that, by the way. <laughs> okay. So okay, crossing well, that out. <laughs> but... <laughs> I just like, so, so the whole teeth thing is, is a li- little too real for me right now, oh. but I have not had to do the pothole in the, the roof of my mouth gum thing. Although I'm sure that's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Well, just know if the cadaver thing is what's holding you back, you got, you got <laughs> options. They're not, okay. none of them are good options, but you've got options. I feel like oh, nothing sorry. is good when it comes to dental no care no all of the procedures are a little bit barbaric and i have the most amazing dentist but i still don't fully trust him as a human because who decides to do that who decides that they're going to spend all of their life with their hands and people's mouth drilling into their teeth doing these barbaric procedures yeah thank god somebody does but oh i I look at him all the time and think yeah and now that you said you don't want to talk about dental too much i saw you can think about I went to go get my new mouth guard because I've been like, I've been working out that mouth guard. And so I risked my life to go get the mouth guard, but then was too scared to actually go pick it uh, because I'm very COVID averse. Right. But as I'm in there, this dentist, and I couldn't tell, he was so casual that I thought maybe he was like an intern or just like the assistant who's really enthusiastic about the teeth. I don't know, but he was in there doing stuff. And the whole time he just started talking about tattoos and you know how they have the TV going on above you. Yeah. And I wanted to watch like some HGTV or some fixer up or something. He's like, Hey, have you ever watched ink wars or something, but it's a competition for tattoos. So people willingly go in and like they have 10 contestants or whatever, and they all do tattoos and then they judge you. And so you have a panel of tattoo experts telling you how crappy this thing is, like these full back tattoos. Oh my gosh. So if, if some, if your contestant loses, technically you are judged on that. And it's, <laughs> so my dentist had me watch this, um, and like two episodes while I was there and like, 
he was supposed to be my kid's dentist too. I'm like, no, we're going to, we're going to no, find a new dentist, a <laughs> new family dentist. I wonder if he has tattoos, your former dentist. He does. He does. He, does. Oh. Uh, he well, oh. he didn't show them. I just, I just didn't want to talk. I didn't want to talk to him. I'm like, every time you talk, that's more potential COVID stuff splatting at me. And I definitely don't want to hear about your tattoos. Well, did he have but... a face shield on? Did he have a face shield on? Oh, I can find a way to be paranoid about any oh, germ finding even, a way. Yeah, yeah okay. no, COVID is Your not special good for my mental space. Oh, <laughs> although sorry. we're good now, we we're double vaccine. Missy and I are. Oh yeah, so you're great. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're gonna stop talking about dentists because yeah, yeah we just, gotta, we're not a dental skip podcast. Over teeth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we could talk about dentists and thyroids all day. I'm sure, but we felt like you were talking to us in so many, in so many of the chapters. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. That's a huge compliment. The deer searching was such oh, a relatable yes. chapter because I think whether you are changing careers or going back to work or thinking about going home, whatever it is, we're all searching and it's a universal feeling to not have the answers and to wonder what that perfect fit is. And I don't, I don't think these three questions were in that chapter, but where you ask, who am I, where am I going and why am I going there? Yes. I just, I would love if you could talk about that for a minute and kind of where those questions come from and how you apply them to your life in this midlife time. So in my two years off, I took this nonprofit leadership class, which was, I don't know what I thought the class was going to be. It, it actually ended up being a how to be a better human class, hmm. how, to, how to be a more purposeful human class. And the, the guy who leads the class is this very thoughtful, just incredible, just one of those people you meet in life that you think you should be the head of like a big cult or like a church or something <laughs> like you, he just, he, he's just very wise and thoughtful and listens an incredible listener. Anyway, sorry. He, great guy. Name is David. So David posed those three questions. And the interesting thing for me about taking that class and it, and it helped me come to with this new job, this agenting job that I've been doing now for about two and a half years. What, he, what the class did in asking those three questions, sort of a corollary was he was trying to get you to identify your values. And I was in the class with 21 other students. And I felt like I was like the frivolous dilettante in the class, right? Like they, they were all people, most of whom had worked in nonprofits for their careers. Some of them were quite young. Some of them were my age. But they were all just doing these amazing things. And I felt like I was kind of like the silly person who didn't know anything, who, who like who dropped in from corporate America and was like, where's my expense account? You know, like it just, yeah. like, it just like it, it. So I was very different from from many of the members of the class. And and yet what the class did for me was it made me realize that I really I see the world through story mm. and I think that's why I like to write. Yeah. I think that's what governs a lot of my friendships. I think that's the way I live in my family. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way I've conducted my career. And, and so that is, that's what helped me realize, you know, what, 
working as an agent is in a big way, career-wise, a continuation of this through line yeah. that has always been present in my life. I just never really knew it. I never knew that was the thing that was driving me. And, and this class and asking myself those three questions, who am I, where am I going and why am I going there, helped me get to that answer. That's just, yeah. I have some butterflies because I do, I think it's beautiful where you've ended up because now you're in a career that is helping other people tell their stories and you can see it because that's how you see the world. I think a lot about values because a coach friend of mine who I hope we have on the podcast soon brought that up and said, we need to figure out what your core value is. And it was sort of paralyzing. I can tell you things and you do some of this in the book, you make great lists of like, these things are things you have to put up with, even mm-hmm. though they are a little bit of, <laughs> or these right. are things that are true indignities. And I've decided this is how I'm going to approach these things. Mm-hmm. And I can do some of that. And I, but I don't like to go too deep. And I realize you have to get deep and really think, why am I going there? Why is this a thing, an indignity that I refuse to deal with? What yeah. is that? I think it's really powerful if you can get there. Well, the other thing I'll say that happened in this process for me is, and going back to kind of reaching a point in your life where you feel kind of immune to judgment or you don't care as much. When we had to, we had to make a list of values early on in that class mm-hmm. and we had to pick five. And, you know, my classmates, all these like just wonderful people who, we're doing wonderful things, chose words like integrity and service. And well, guess what? Guess what frivolous girl dilettante chose? Fun. <laughs> fun yeah. was on the list and I picked fun. And then, but I was like, when we had to like start reading them, I thought, oh my God, like I picked fun and nobody else picked fun. Oh. Like is, is fun bad? But like no. fun's really important. It fun is. is really important. And anyway, so so I did have a moment, and this was in the first class, and I got over it, but, <laughs> but you know, it, it's all related to kind of where I eventually ended up, you know? What I'm trying to say is, you, when you start to identify your values, if it's something like fun and it makes you feel like a silly person, who cares? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I got over it, and you yeah, should yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, because okay. there are people in the world who clearly don't value fun. Oh, and yeah. right. that doesn't mean they're not a good person, but that may not be someone that you choose to work with or live with or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And yes. there's nothing wrong with them because they don't value fun. That's just not in their value system. And there's nothing wrong with you because you do. Yeah. yeah. Thank it you. makes you who you are and it makes you good at your chosen career. We need all the people so. and all the different pieces and all the different skills mm-hmm. and all the different interests because yeah, not everybody can be the plumbers. Not everybody can be, <laughs> you know, the editors yeah. of Real Simple. We need, for the world to go around, you really do need all those different people with all those different interests. Yeah. But I do love that. I know when I interviewed uh, one of the very first career coaches I did for an article once, she was talking about the overlaps. You need to know um, your values, your interests, and your skills. And you need to find kind of what's in the middle mm-hmm. of it there, yeah. where all the Venn diagram overlap. But the hardest part for me was trying to find the why. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting mm-hmm. you talk about this story. We love Jenny Nash and Author Accelerator. And that's one of her big things that she helps with writers who are trying to do fiction is like everything's mm-hmm. why okay i don't care if this if this character is slamming the car door like why why why, why? how are they feeling about why? it and why um so mm-hmm. it's just 
it's interesting as being the lead protagonist in our own lives. I mean, <laughs> to be thinking the same thing about our, ourselves yeah. as we go through life. Why okay, but, but why? There? Why am I doing that? Why yeah. am I caring about that? Why am I thinking about this? Uh-huh. So yeah. Uh-huh. Ooh, I feel like that's a nice deep place to leave it before we go into the sillies of the look, listen, learns. <laughs> but is there anything else about the book that you want to make sure we share with our listeners? Yes. Um, Just buy it. What buy I'm hoping, it. you know, what, yeah, exactly. Buy it and buy <laughs> copies for every single person you've ever met. Um, <laughs> I think Suzanne, what you said that, you know, when you were said to Missy, oh my God, I think she's writing this book about us. I hope that people feel that way when they read the book. I mean, obviously yeah. we're part of a specific demographic of American women, but there are a lot, there are millions of women like us. And, and I think it's nice to feel like you are in a big community, right? Yes. Or even a yes. small, it's nice to feel like you're part of a community. And so I'm hoping that that's what people feel. And, and I also think in a pandemic, at the end of a pandemic that's just been sucky for everybody. It's a very optimistic book, even though the book is called Midlife Indignities and How to Survive Them. What I hope readers take away is that this period of of life is full of gratitude and optimism. Mm -hmm. Um, Very much. Even though there's a lot of stupid things that you have to deal with like teeth and whatever but um, <laughs> well and I think that does help a lot of people because you know you're the person who puts fun on the top of your list so you can bring a different view to a lot of these situations that we all do share but there's probably mm-hmm. a lot of the readers who have read it and are like oh yeah I never thought to like laugh at that situation or I've never been able to see the humor in it and so hopefully it'll give people just a little shift of perspective too um if if they haven't been able to you know bring the lightness to the indignities before well thank you I hope so you're a fun coach for that. I hope so. well yeah I loved when you talked about living with all boys like being Mm -hmm. in a fraternity house I have sons and I am the only woman in the house and it really did. I read it at a moment where I had just had a day of like oh, messes and I just am walking around picking up after people in the pantry full of things that are empty. That's my favorite. Oh, my <laughs> oh, I just don't, don't even. <laughs> I mean, no. I, it, 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 yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't get it. I don't, get, I don't it. get it at all. And they all do it. It's not like I just have one person in my house doing that. They yeah. all do it. And I joke that when I feel purposeless and I'm trying to decide what is my purpose in life, I remember I'm the only one who can throw out an empty container and I'm the only one who can close the pantry door. That's what I do here. Same. The doors are all open. Open. Okay. So you know what? I think, I think Missy, if you were to ask my children what phrase they've heard from me most during the pandemic, it has been, don't make this my problem. Nice. Dishes in the sink, empty container, you know, mm-hmm. don't make this my problem because like if you leave the empty container, then it's my problem. Yes. Right. You know, so, or just, right. and I have my forever. own group of problems to mess with. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so. exactly. So cranky oh, like pants that. mom here. That's my favorite phrase. I'm stealing. <laughs> I'm going to adopt it. <laughs> oh, oh, you oh. know what? There is one thing that I wanted to make sure we save from the book. <laughs> this is not, well, it is relatable too. I learned that grapes are poisonous to dogs. Oh yeah, hundred oh, yes, percent. They are. Yeah. That's oh my fun. god. I mean, and you raisins, mean... raisins, and too. raisins. Yes. 
Oh my yeah. God. I mean, reading this book may have literally saved one or both of my dog's lives <laughs> because they're just like anything that falls on the floor. And, you know, we usually, yeah. I don't know why, but grapes, I always eat in the summer. I don't usually eat them in the winter. So thank goodness we're reading this now <laughs> because I, and I even, I put the book down. I was like, I think maybe she's exaggerating like maybe. And then I, so I Googled it and I was like, holy shit, no, they're like, <laughs> they're really poisonous. Yeah. I had no idea. Well, and our dog ate not- a grape. I mean, look, I'm sure I've had dogs that have eaten grapes and I think it's unpredictable whether or not yep. it's going to really affect your dog. But like one of my dogs ate a grape a couple of years ago and we called the vet and I was like, um, you know, he ate a grape. Like that's, it's not a big deal. Right. And the vet's like, get over here right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, Ooh, I guess this is really serious. Oh yeah. I would have Somehow never known. My son knew that. I don't know how he knew that or why he knew that. Why would he, why would he know that? But our dog ate a grape and he went, Oh no, she ate a grape. And I thought, well, that's fine. So, I mean, she weighs where? almost 50 pounds and she's, she's eating all kinds. She eats everything. She's an indiscriminate snarfer. So I'm like, she's <laughs> fine. Totally fine. He's like, I don't think she is mom. And we had to, we, it was nighttime, of course. So we had to oh, call the emergency vet. Always, yeah. always nighttime. Oh, yeah. And we had to give her hydrogen peroxide. And yes. We've done up. that. We've done that for oh coffee grounds too. Yeah. Oh, coffee grounds. Yeah. Can't. Yeah. Coffee grounds are a problem too. Oh, good to know. But there's it's... like an amount, not like grapes. Yes. It's like one grape. One grape. But coffee grounds, like you have to have a certain amount, blah, 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 whatever. It's just like, it's a full-time job. It is. Yeah. Yeah. We could do a veterinary. Okay. We could do a health related (laughs) podcast. We could do our, what can kill your dog podcast. And why they always eat it when the vet is closed. Like Piper also ate all the chocolate Santas on Christmas. Nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah, Of course. Yeah. I've been there. Oh my gosh. I guess that's my next book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a chapter why, in my next book the next book is called why is the vet always closed yeah. <laughs> and how do the dogs thing, know they know oh yeah same thing with pediatricians yeah. that's my kids oh, yeah. they're always like oh, oh what's yeah, this rash yeah. on a friday at five o'clock <laughs> uh. Uh-huh. okay oh my gosh we're, we're running yeah. out of our time with okay. so we've got to get to our look listen, learns. So I'm going to kick it off because I am tying mine into the, I can smell my pillow chapter. So (laughs) y'all need to go read the book. So you understand that. And this monkey brain insomnia thing where at like two seventeen, like every regret I've ever had or to-do list or whatever just comes winding into my head. So, but my mom has been having issues sleeping too. And so she comes to visit last week and she pulls this thing out of her purse. And she's like, I think I'm going to try these for sleeping. And it was these gummies, these CBD, but also T- what's the other one? I keep on calling it TLC. T- THC. Yeah. It's got the stuff in there. And I'm like, mom, where'd you get these? <laughs> and she said, I won them at bingo today. <laughs> I said, okay, that's the best. What I said, I want to go to that bingo. But I said, I'm going to bingo next week. (laughs) She lives in the 55 plus community and she's like, oh yeah, the ladies were fighting out because you could also win a big canister of them. She just had like a little, you know, like a lunch pack, you know, (laughs) of these gummies. So part of me, I'm like, okay, the marketing director in me is like, that is genius of this company to be like, Hey, where could we just a bunch of people who probably have trouble sleeping are pretty bored after a year. So yeah, but then they have aches and pains. 
Yeah, aches and pains, exactly. But the other part of me, Missy and I both had just watched the movie I Care a Lot. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah. Love it. Yes. Love. Loved it. What? Did you love it? I did love it. Yeah. Yeah. Scary, but I'm also though. mortified oh because I'm like, here's this company like drug peddling in a bunch of seniors oh. who are like, oh. They don't know what it is necessarily. And my mom didn't know what it was. She's like, can I take this? I'm like, I don't know. And Missy and I were just talking about how we were very impacted by the eighties war on drugs. Like, I feel like I'm going to be the one person that dies from like smoking a joint like that. So I am very, I do a lot of bourbon, but I don't, uh, I don't explore a lot of the gummy type things. So I was like, take it to your doctor. So she had her appointment on Friday. So this is my learn. She took oh, it wait, to wait, her doctor and, on Friday. And what happened? And her doctor, she said, the doctor laughed at me. <laughs> so, but, but the doctor's like, yeah, take, take it. See, see if it works. Like, So did she and, take one? You know what? I have not followed up with her. Oh. I need to follow up on that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Stay yeah, tuned. Stay tuned. Tell me what yes. <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. And we're yes. going to bingo next week to see what yeah, we win. Yeah. I'm flying to Texas and I'm going to her bingo. But yeah. now I'm thinking, I'm, I mean, cause it's for sale. I mean, they can get into the senior citizen home. I'm a sucker for good branding and some packaging. I'm like, yo, that looks legit. I mean, who knows? They could have just scraped it off <laughs> the floor somewhere and put it in this pretty bag. But I, so yeah, I think I'm going to, I'm going to purchase some Missy and yeah, maybe that'll be our next tipsy ellipses. Cause I would really love to get rid of my Zoloft prescription. You tried melatonin. Do you take melatonin? I don't, but now the do- the doctor also told my mom to do melatonin. Are you everybody do you in do my it? house takes yeah. melatonin? No, but but three people who I live with take melatonin. Yeah, I just sp- I've got this nighty night lavender spray that I convinced my eleven year old that I'm yes, like, nothing. okay, this will do, it. and it does it. It's like the monster power, spray. The power of <laughs> suggestion. Yeah. So yeah. that's my learn. I've learned that apparently these gummies are okay and. Thank you, Ronald Reagan or whoever in your war on drugs who's like oh, traumatized so me for life. The rest of your life. <laughs> oh. Well, so relatedly, you know, so New York just legalized marijuana. Yes. And I'm a mom who has spent, what, a decade and a half, you know, just like, I don't know, being very anti-weed with my children. Yeah. With limited success. And now <laughs> do I have to just like totally change my mind? Right. You know, like, I'm not, I mean, it's not that I, whatever, that's a whole, that's another chapter in my next book, but it, you know, I'm not against weed. I just, as a parent, I was really against it. Yeah. But yes. now like, I'm okay. Like it just, I, I can't figure out how I, what I think about it. I'm I all know. screwed up. And I it hate that the government is controlling our attitudes about whether this is okay or not. Okay. I mean, I yeah. love, I love the podcast, love it or leave it, but he talks yes. a lot about the, um, the food pyramid that we grew up with where it was like, yeah. okay, what you need to do is have like 10 slices of bread and four bowls of cereal <laughs> and then have a fruit. And like, now you're good. And so like for years and years, I just ate <laughs> loads of cereal because I was like, well, the food pyramid, the food pyramid. Us to have it's it. real big. And, and so, yeah, but now the same thing with the drugs, I have been brainwashed for years that like, nope, nope, can't do it. Can't do it. And to the point where I'm like, mom, I don't think you should do drugs. Like I'm telling an 80 year old woman that she shouldn't have her gummy. She won a bingo because I'm so brainwashed. So, yeah, 
I don't know. I don't know what to think uh, anymore. Yeah. It's hard to know what to think. It's hard <laughs> to know what to think. I just tell my kids all the time. It's not legal here. So it's not regulated. And that's so it. It's yes. helpful. But yeah. as soon as it's legal, then what, what is my yeah. answer to that? Then, then you have to totally change your mind about everything. Yeah. You have yeah. to do a 180 in a day, basically. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> it's fine now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, what about you, Kristen? What have you have been? Well, so I'm reading a book right now that's a novel that I don't like for my book group. And I'm not going to say what it is. Because that's very kind of you. Well, I feel like it's so hard to A, write a novel. Impossible. Yes. You're Kristen and Ogtrap. Um, and then publishing is really hard. And like the last thing we need is for people to say bad things about right. now, luckily yes. for this author, I think this novel is selling a lot of copies. I just happen not to like it, but the, the book, the other book I'm trying to read is Wolf Hall by Hilary Mantel. So I read Hamnet in the fall, the novel uh -huh. Hamnet, and I shot with my book group and I just was transfixed by that novel. I thought it was so amazing. I thought the writing was so beautiful and it was sad and wonderful. It was so, it was like perfect. Okay, and my husband has been trying. Oh, it's, it's really, really great. And, and I really don't like historical fiction. And so mm -hmm. it surprised me that I loved Hamnet. Mm -hmm. And so then my husband, who's been hectoring me to read the book Wolf Hall yeah. for probably 20 years, <laughs> maybe it's not 20 years old, but a long time, <laughs> at least 10 was like, oh, you got to read Wolf Hall now then. Like, if you like that, like it was like his Redis. in, right? Like if you like yeah. that historical novel. <laughs> and so I start, I, I started to read Wolf Hall, which was, it won like the Booker Prize or like it just, it was a really successful novel. And it's about King Henry VIII and it's, but it's mostly about Thomas Cromwell. And the writing's really great, but I just don't like it. And I was trying to figure <laughs> out why and I can say that about this novel because she has sold, I think, a gazillion copies in one of us. <laughs> She'll be okay. Uh, and everybody. <laughs> um, but I think it's because it's about a man and Hamnet is about William Shakespeare's wife. It's mm -hmm. told through the perspective of William Shakespeare's wife. And that to me makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Like I can read yeah. a historical novel. I guess this is a learn. I've learned that I can read historical fiction, but not if it's about a man. Yeah. Um, anyway, so if you haven't read Hamnet, I mean, it oh, came yeah, out on the list. at least a year ago. It's not a new book, yeah. but it it's really, really, really wonderful. Okay, um, I'm going to put that on our and, book. We just had yeah. book club last night. I'm going to put that on my suggested one for next month. Okay. I love your I book group, you, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love my book too. Those are such great stories. I had a group like that when I lived in Houston and I swore I would go back every month because we had been together for so long, but you just, I can't get to Houston every month. And so <laughs> well, I had to well, let that okay, go. Okay, so the but... pandemic has meant that a couple of our members who moved away now come to meetings. Yeah, that's what I was Zoom right now. Yes. So you I could just dive in there me. on Zoom. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Hamnet, Suzanne, I will say that, that we don't, don't always agree in my book group about the book. Mm -hmm, right. But every once in a while, there's a book that everybody loved and everybody mm -hmm. loved this one. Okay. All right. We need one of those. So, one. Oh, highly recommend. All right. Yeah. We need some fiction. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. Missy, what have you look, listen, learn? Um, well, I thought it was so interesting that you were talking about a novel you read that you, you didn't like, but it's mm -hmm. still 
really good writing. I've just read one recently that I, I liked and it was not a happy story. It did not make me feel good at the end, but the writing was so good and unique that I couldn't put it down. And I do think people should read it because it makes you think, but it's the push by Ashley uh, Audrey. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah. it's just a debut novel. And I am so impressed that it's her debut novel. I just, I can't stop thinking about it. And yeah, I did like it. I could not put it down, but it's not something you escape into to feel good and feel happy. Mm. You're just, your brain is going the entire time and it has a mental health component that's really thought provoking. And, um, but it's also kind of fun and would make an amazing movie or TV show because it's Ooh. got a little element of, you know, the thriller, a little bit of a thriller to it. So I read that and cannot stop thinking about it. And actually, um, Wendy Aarons, who we all know is who recommended that. And I'm going to do the tribute to Wendy Aaron's Look, Listen, Learn, because I also, she recommended Jan on Hulu. Has anyone watched that show? No, no I've never even heard of it. it. No, I haven't heard of it either. It's what is it? so good. And it really ties into midlife. Jan Arden is, it's her show and she is a big star in Canada. And so it's, I think, very loosely based on her life. I don't think it's completely autobiographical. I'm not sure, but I don't think it is. But it's very short. I don't know. It's two seasons. There's not very many episodes in each season. Six to eight, somewhere in there. I can't remember. But What's some it of the about? Jokes and... What's it about? It is about a woman in midlife who's confronting midlife. It's such a great tie-in for today's podcast because she's in her the middle of her life trying to figure out where she fits in with her family, what she's going to do with her career. Her career is kind of stalled and she's trying to figure out where to go from here. Um, what she's doing in her relationship and her romantic life. And she's super funny and kind of horrible at times. I mean, just so she does stuff that makes you cringe. <laughs> we Every episode that I watched with my sons, we'd be like, no, Jan, no, no. Because she oh, yeah. just makes really bad decisions. Her family's wonderful. Her mother is um, confronting Alzheimer's. And so there's some great stories about that. And she and her sister dealing with that. And it's just, it's fun, but it's not frivolous. It's got topics yeah. that you want to think about that as a woman in midlife, you're thinking about and confronting mm -hmm. for sure. It's just done in this really over the top, ridiculous way at times. How um, have I never heard of this? No, it's so worth to, watching. I, I need to start trying that. Have you no, watched I Everybody know. Hates Susie? No. Oh, so my husband told me it sounds a little bit like, Jan, although Susie's younger. I watched a couple of episodes of it. I mean, I, I, I wanted it to be funnier, I guess, than. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I need to check out Everybody those. Hates Susie. I'm Sorry is another one about a really strong, funny woman. Have y'all watched that one? No. It's, I'm Where devastated. Have I, been? I have making. not heard any of these. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think where you can watch it. It may be on Netflix now. Um, right, I'm going to look that one up too. I'm sorry. She's, she is so it's Andrea Savage, who is a comedian and it is about, you can become a mom and still be this funny, independent person. You're still mm -hmm. you, you're a mom and nice brand drop, Missy. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> nice branding drop. Oh yeah, I know. Then <laughs> um, her husband's the straight man and to her antics and she's hysterical and I think it's just two seasons and the pandemic shut down their third season and I don't know that it's coming oh. back which I was devastated but it's so I mean it's cringy at moments she does things too where you're like oh my god I can't don't believe she that. just said that or did that 
Um, but that's like comfort f- TV for me. It's kind of in that Schitt's Creek vein of yeah, you can turn on right. an episode oh, at any time yeah. and just be in oh, wait, I'm I, have sorry to, land. I have to say one more, Missy. Did you watch Catastrophe? Oh, yes. yes. So that, that, so good. that was a really good one for me for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that is it. I thought I really did think I had to stop and Google. I did not know them as actors before that. And um, I thought they were married in real life. I mean, they have such incredible chemistry. I know. I know. Yeah, Yeah, they are so good. Oh, that makes me remember how much I missed that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've watched some. Marg never watched it. And I've watched some with him. It's still just as good the second time around. We're rewatching Succession because... Chris is one of Chris's characters in his new book that he's writing is this rich, like horrible person. And so he just needed like (laughs) to kick in there. Do you guys watch that show? Uh Uh I didn't like it. See, we did not like like it. it. That's why we're rewatching it. Cause we did not. I hated it. So I'm going to see if I hate it again. (laughs) (laughs) Do I still hate this? (laughs) That's sweet. Come on. We just talked about why this. are you doing that to yourself? Like, no, but now this so time I liked TV. it. This time I oh. liked it. All the characters like, are so awful. They're so oh awful. Well, that's what I discovered. It's like Ozark. We tried to watch Ozark. I was oh, like, okay, I, I hate Ozark. people. I don't want to watch this. Oh, see, no. okay, maybe we just love to hate people, I think, maybe, because I, I hated it the first time because I was like, these people are so awful, but now I'm re-watching it kind of having known how it ended. Um, and... I don't know. I think maybe it's just because it's so well acted by at least the couple of actors that I really like that we're just kind of appreciating that level. But again, for character research about how to be like the horrible human, I mean, (laughs) you can't find a better billionaire. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) But yes. Yeah, I know. There's a couple of Missy and I were just talking about the things in our life that we just haven't been able to finish. Mine is the wire. And hundred years of solitude. I've tried hundred years of oh, solitude. I can't finish that like either. Five different times. And yeah, I can't finish the I wire would. either. It's I have beautifully a, acted, but I have it. a family tree for all the characters in that book that I try to. I'm like everybody has the same name. That's just so cruel to someone who's really bad at names. So <laughs> yeah. So yes. Okay. I I honor your choice not to go back and try to watch the show that you well, hated. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think the pandemic has made me pick here or something. Yes. I don't know. And there's, there's only so, much, so much, time. much good TV right now. It's yeah, it's really, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yes. Especially because you guys have already given me two new series that I need to watch right now. So yeah, I don't have time to rewatch anything right now. No. Yeah. No, don't rewatch something you hated to see if you still hate it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> life is too, I'm pretty sure life is too short for that. Yeah, it is. I've, I'm yeah. only doing it as my husband's research partner. Right, exactly. So, it's yes, work. It's, yeah. work. it's work. It's work. Yeah. I, I never used to abandon a book. I felt so compelled. If I oh, bought really? the book, yeah. I'm going to honor this author and I'm reading the entire thing. And now I'm okay with it. I mean, it has to be pretty extreme for me to give up, but I'm okay with it because life is short and there, my to be read stack is taller than I am. So yeah. Yes. Oh gosh. I know. And I just ordered two more. I have to do it. Look what I just got. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah. I'm dying to read both of those. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for, for the people who are listening, it's Jenny Lawson's Broken and Jess Leahy, of course, who we adore the addiction inoculation. Yes. Um, but yes, but now you need to hold up your book. 
We don't have a copy oh, yeah, of it. It's copy? not very glamorous if I hold up my, my PDF version of it. Yeah, I'm going to hold up my PDF. There it is. The cover is so fantastic. I, and we won't oh, spoil the story. Thanks. Because And I, I love the animation that your artist did or uh, that your publisher. That was so cute because, yeah, each of the chapters has a little adorable image that leads into it. And yeah. so they animated them for the little promo video. Yeah. It was so it's cute. cute. If, if anyone's listening and they go to my Instagram or Twitter, I guess, um, you'll find the animation that Suzanne's talking about. It's, yeah. it's, it is pretty charming. Ooh, it is really you know what? That and I take no responsibility for it, by the way. Like I can say it's wonderful because I didn't make it. <laughs> well, you gave a, you gave a shout out for the artist too. Yeah. Greg Kulik. Okay. So now, okay. We showed the book. It, it comes out by time people are listening to this. It's already out. So it is yep. available. And then you talked about how people can go to your Instagram. What is your handle to make sure we get people in the right place? It's just K Van Ogtrap. Okay. V-A-N-O-G-T-R-O-P. And then I'm K Van Ogtrap on Twitter. And then my website is kristinvanogtrap.com. All right. Perfect. So. We will send everybody there. And from there, they can get their links. To yes. Hand. Thank you so much. Pre yes. I pre-ordered back. I did I, as a Christmas present to myself. So I've been really waiting. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was Well, you Christmas should get present. it soon. Yeah, yeah tomorrow, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, based on when we are recording this, the book comes out tomorrow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, there is, there yeah, is yeah. time is a very warped uh, yeah, thing what when is you're doing time? a podcast right, and exactly. like, oh, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in a pandemic, but time is totally irrelevant anymore, I think. So we've, yeah. we've covered that you're not celebrating with wine. How are you celebrating? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just going to like sorry. get a I pizza an and hang out. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. I'm doing an event. The night of publication at the okay. Strand with Susan Orlean, which oh, I'm excited yeah. about. Oh, awesome! Um, so I guess so. I'm celebrating in that way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, uh, isn't it awful? Isn't it awful? I don't. I don't really have like a big woo-woo something. Well, and it's a pandemic, and and I know we're sort of people are vaccinated and sort of going back into life, but not yes. fully. Like you can't have a big party. Um, yeah, and you're on a thousand antibiotics, so yeah, yeah. I can't, <laughs> I can't feel great. I can't drink, I can't exercise. Um, so can can yeah. can Missy and I celebrate for you? Will you please? <laughs> can you we'll drink a you lot pictures. on April thirteenth for me, please? Yes, I'm we'll make pictures. a beam drink. I don't know. We'll put forks <laughs> in our old fashions. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Well, because I said to my husband last night, I'm like, and I can't even drink. Cause I was talking to my endodontist yesterday yes. because my tooth was still really bothering me. Oh. And she's like, you know, you have a really busy week and lots of us for stress relief, we drink alcohol and we exercise and you can't do either one of those things. No. And yes. I was like, no, Dr. Gandhi, <laughs> like, I'm really yeah. in trouble here. Oh so, anyway, yeah. but I think that these antibiotics, it's like, not like I, the day I stopped taking them, I can drink the next day. Like, I think I have to wait. I don't even know. Yeah. But you know what, actually, sorry, I, I'm, I'm like a glass of wine every single day person yes. without fail, almost 365 days a year. Yeah. And so I haven't been drinking for a couple of weeks and it's actually kind of nice to know that I can continue to go on. <laughs> <laughs> every once in a while. Yeah, in, in honor of Jessica's the addiction and yeah, addiction yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's nice yeah. to know. I gave yeah. it up for Lent this year and- it is nice to know that that's 
at times you feel like it's a defining part of your personality, whether you wanted it to be that or not. Mm-hmm. And addiction does run in my family. And so every once in a while you want to just know, like I, my life will go on and I am okay. Right. And that's not who I am. It's just a thing I do. Yes. Yeah. It's something I enjoy. Yep. And again, I'm like a drink a day kind of girl. I like to have a drink after dinner or when we make dinner or whatever it is that day. And mm-hmm. I don't have to, I can, I'd be, I was fine for 40 days. Well, mostly fine for 40 days. <laughs> yeah. Well, you made it a nice very one-sided tipsy ellipsy. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's nice to learn that lesson and then look forward to never having to learn it again for a little while. Oh, that's yes. Hard. Yeah. I was on that antibiotic for I had an ant bite that did not ever, oh, it was, it was like four months of on the antibiotic. So I, oh. I feel you, I feel you. It was yeah. my excuse not to run my half marathon that year, but it's not <laughs> one I wanted. So, so yes, we'll be thinking. Yeah, I took that. You. I can't remember what I took that for, but I did take it. Oh my God. We should so start scary. a little club for our ailments. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so sad. I don't want to Oh my God. And meanwhile, yeah, I need to leave, I need to leave this now because I just realized I ran out of my progesterone today. So I'm having a hormonal emergency. So I go, <laughs> and of course the day I run out is when it says you need to have a doctor, like zero refills. So now I gotta oh, yeah. go like yeah, gonna go talk my doctor and be like, mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. So we'll see. Well, good we'll luck. See. Thank you so much for spending part of your super busy, stressful yes. week with us. Oh, you know what? This is a, this is the fun part of the week. So it, I'm, I'm glad you guys asked me and it, it's really fun to be with you. So, oh, well, this I was, I, so I appreciate fun. you reading the book and liking the book. Loved it. Loved it. It will be all the Mother's Day recommendations. And yeah, we'll be shouting it out for the group today to make sure that they get theirs before the episode airs. Yep. yep. Well, thank all you. Right. Thank Missy, nice you. to meet you. And Suzanne, great to see you. you so too. nice to meet you. All right. All right. We'll celebrate on your behalf. Good luck this we'll week. Good luck with those hormones. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you know someone else who could benefit from today's episode, be sure to share it with them. Also, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in the show notes over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, you can find us at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. You can find links to the group all of our socials and our questions and comments section over at our website, momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you so much. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.